Hey, it's Chase from All the Table Gaming, and today I'm joined by none other than the Lord Commander Bob from Sunday Slaughter and Brett Lamper. Thanks so much for both of you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here as always, and uh, you know, with my with my good friend Bob, it's even better. Yeah, it's been a long time, right? Um, I think it's been last time I was on, it was with Max, and we were talking about um, community building and stuff uh, for the game. That was, that was a fun one. Has, I mean, like, I feel that was pre-COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I can't believe, I, I've like, lo- still, still, like, I keep saying it, but I've still lost all sense of time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, here we are again. We're fresh after another update. And I feel like it's kind of like rings on a tree. We can go back and talk about, you know, like, oh, I remember when this first update. But before we um, jump into that, you know. How you been? What what have you been playing? Have you been have you been trying out the uh, the new update? Yeah, I actually took a, a extended break for a little while after Gen Con last year, and uh, I've played probably more in the past week and a half since it was released uh, than I have in probably the last three months. So, uh, got some Night's Watch and Free Folk games in. Oh, excellent! I want to pick your brain about that. How about you, Brett? Um, actually, I didn't take a break, but um. Yeah, I, I felt really invigorated by the changes. I've played some Night's Watch, some Lannister, some Stark, some Targaryen, and uh, I plan to give Greyjoys a shake. Uh, I want to give Baratheons a shake. It's it's honestly, um, I'm really excited about it, and I want to give every faction a little bit of a try. I think it's uh, a really cool landscape right now, so I've been in, I've been enjoying it a lot. So, you know, coming out of any update, there's can be a lot of different emotions, right, that get tied up to it. This is a game that we've all invested a, a lot of time into, whether it's playing itself physically, painting the miniatures, interacting with the communities in different ways. And so you're, it's always setting up this like, sort of precipice for this discomfort with change, right? A lot of things, you know, maybe lists you play have been switched up. What's been your, like, kind of general overview of the the 2023 season update uh has it kind of surprised you in some ways have there been things that you are uh a little bit disappointed about or still adapting to kind of where where are you landing at this to be honest i've as as soon as i saw this patch i think it was kind of dubbed by the community as the abilities patch quote unquote and you know it was kind of a shock at first um you saw a lot of very core abilities being changed. Um, I don't want to use the term auto-include, but they were they were staples of a lot of builds. They were so, so many things were built around these abilities. It was kind of there was a shock factor at first. So after you take a second to process that, I can see where where this is actually a great idea because I think, and, and I could be wrong. This is just you know my opinion, but I think the best way to really get a look at where factions stand is to take away some of these universal abilities. They weren't, they, they didn't, I don't feel like they picked on any one faction in particular. They kind of looked at these universal abilities that were just used over and over again. And once you take those away and you let that faction explore more into their own personal identity, more of their unique units, unique abilities, then you get a very good idea of where factions stand. And I think for me, that's been the most exciting part is when I list build, I don't feel, you know, from the competitive end, it's not like, well, oh, if I'm playing Starks, I better have Hardened. I have to have She-Bears. Where am I putting the Mormont that? You know, things like that. They they kind of left my mind. And then I just opened up and looked at the faction as a whole. And I said, okay, well, here's these tools that I have. I no longer feel obligated to run this. So now what, what kind of stuff can I run now that I 
that maybe I wanted to run before, but it was pushed out by some of these other things. And in reality, for me, my my Stark, who's my very fun go-to faction, I do think they're competitive, but they're also fun for me. It's just even more fun for me now because I don't feel badly about leaving some of those things behind. And they're still usable, but I just don't feel like they're an auto-include anymore. And I want to circle back to you, Brett, about the Starks, because I have some friends that are, they kind of played a very standard sort of, uh, maybe we can say like auto-include lists of stuff, and, and the changes have them kind of scratching their heads, and they realize they have to go back to list building and looking at things. So I'd love to pick your brain on maybe some of the stuff you're seeing right now. But Bob, how about you? So you've got some games in with Free Folk and Night's Watch. Did you, was there a noticeable difference in the games that you were playing? You know, was, what, what were you seeing there that maybe intrigued you or were the things that were kind of falling flat for you? Um, I think overall the patch is awesome. It's, it, it's small changes here and there. And like Brett said, across the board. Um, so that helps, um, balance in general, things that were getting played all the time. Uh, like Night's Watch relied on Relentless so much, uh, last patch and that was i mean it's definitely it's still there but it's completely different it's not that extra activation anymore um i've been exclusively trying to run seven activation night's watch um in the past week or so uh struggling at first and things have uh things were starting to click a little bit more I, i think a lot of it was me being rusty from not playing as much playing as free folk was i ran mance um we actually did a stream uh live stream the one time and I ran Mance just to see um, how it was going to be without the the bubble. He's still good, but he doesn't feel like... I didn't feel like I was in 100% control of the game the entire time like I did in the past with Mance, um, unless I was playing another Free Folk player. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's still good. Um, it that the, the change to There's Too Many definitely came into play, where... I would have killed the unit if I had that extra damage and I didn't kill the unit and it was I still ran the chariot because I was I was really trying to run the things that got changed um, for free folk that got like toned down to see if you could still compete with them and you can still compete with them for sure they're still competitive and and they're still fun to play and, and it's just a it's, it's a different type of faction and you just gotta approach it a little bit differently. Um, but overall, the changes I think are great, and it, it brings free folk mance down to reality, I guess, a little bit. And um, hopefully, we'll see that in some upcoming tournaments. There, I know there's some big ones coming up, and I can't wait to see some of the lists that people create with the the new patch. Did you happen to notice? Did you uh, notice a, a change at all in like the tempo of the game when you were playing free folk uh, with changes like endless horde? Did that make a, uh, you know, an appearance in the game? And, and did it seem to have a, an impact? That seems like a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah, Endless Horde's still really strong, in my opinion. Um, the first game I played with Free Folk, it didn't come into play um, really at all. Uh, it, I, I guess the, the unit that I had it on, or I didn't draw it till later or something like that, it didn't, it didn't really do too much. Uh, the second game I played, it, uh, Endless Horde felt really strong still not as strong as it was in my opinion but because you can't just bring on another free activation and play with extra points in the game but um it it felt like i could put it on a raider unit and just use them as a tar pit and if they die they just respawn and that that helps especially against aggressive factions and aggressive players who will come across the map to try to just roll over you and you just throw a raider at them with endless horde on them and they're across the map so then your endless horde raider respawns and you charge them again and then you tie them down even more so um it all depends on the situation now i've noticed 
also with Endless Horde, you can play it right away. So with Mance, you have um, your long plan. You go get Endless Horde because it thins your deck out. And you can then see your other cards as well um, because you can play it immediately. So it's still really good. It does change things a lot, though, because it doesn't give you those extra activations. Sometimes at least one, but sometimes even two as you're playing, and which can be devastating to your opponents. And what people can maybe sometimes lament, like some of these changes to cards that you've kind of grown to love. Do you feel like that's a good change for like the overall health of the game? Oh, heck yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think... It's not like, I remember um, Fabio was talking to a group of us at Gen, at Gen Con. There was like uh-huh. five or six of us. And he goes, oh, I think I've solved Endless Horde. And what he told us there like it wasn't like a secret or anything. He he just mm-hmm. flat out told people. He didn't say it was official or anything like that. And he just flat out told us what it was. And guess what? That's what it was when it was released. I'm like, wow, okay. We liked the idea then. So everyone was like, oh, wow, that would be really good. That would be a, a good change and more in line with other factions with their quest cards. And I guess he liked the feedback, right? <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is that Simon uh, needs to fly Fabio up to more U.S. events here so he can get inspiration and for future patches. Same <laughs> yeah, from Simon is listening. <clears throat> it was fun meeting Fabio at Gen Con last year, that's for sure, and hanging out a little bit. And so, Brett, what are you seeing as uh, any things that have been impacting your games in particular to some of the factions you love? You know, And I know you, you play a lot of things. Has it like rekindled any love for some of your original factions like Lannisters? You know, how have you seen the... the uh, update impacting them absolutely um the lannisters the lannisters were were a faction that that actually kind of got some some love to some of their underplayed units and i know i know you and i have talked in the past about this concept of the kind of like the lannister militia um you're thinking like lannister guardsmen and halberdiers crossbows and knights like they're they're kind of like your basic core fantasy style troops right they're just kind of basic core troops for every game and and now i think that that type of build can become most certainly can become a reality at this point uh the change to halberdiers felt like a really good change it 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 felt like it was something that that maybe should have happened a while ago and it feels like they've they've tinkered with the halberdiers through several patches trying to find the sweet spot and i think they finally found that sweet spot where the halberdiers are a good functioning unit that that competes with lannister guardsmen and that that point drop opens up your list building to the point where you can you can really squeeze a a good strong battle line with five or six combat units that are kind of like this just this militia style this this Lannister wall, if you will. And for me, that's very exciting. So when I, I've been playing around with Lannister and I've been playing into the Halberdiers and they're certainly not like an overpowered unit there. I mean, they're just, I feel like they're finally where they should be. They're seeing the table. They synergize really well with some of the commanders. It's really super fun. I'm just enjoying the the Lannister inventory right now. And that was uh, kind of a liability for Lannisters prior to this. And it feels like it's a strength now. And then uh, in terms of Starks, again, you know, I just, I feel like their primary identity has always been the Dire Wolves. I feel like the Dire Wolves got stronger this patch by not changing, which seems like a weird thing to say, but um, I say things like predators and an ecosystem. When you think about how it works in real life, it, it applies here in the game as well. If you've got things like 
the relentless sworn brothers that could make double activations in a round, they would just murder dire wolves. But now you've got the sworn brothers don't have the ability to push out the night's watch activation. So taking the dire wolves, they can, they can get into the softer targets as they're intended to do. And for me, they just work so much better in this new landscape because they didn't change. And you can still do the same things with Starks that you could before by running, you know, three or four combat units with two or three dire wolves and playing the map and kind of dictating the movement and dictating the flow of combat. And so Starks for me, they've always been fun, but the lists that I was running before, actually for me, they really just got better. So that's, that's always exciting as well. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a really fun time to experiment with things. And I think you'll find that some of the stuff that you couldn't run because of the kind of quote unquote gatekeepers that were in the, the meta with the relentless, the war cry, the hardened, the expert duelist being on a three plus, uh, if you, if you open up your imagination back to the things that you wanted to try, I think you'll put them on the table and you'll find out that they're certainly working much better than they were before. Have any of you had a chance to really tinker at all with Greyjoys? Because that's something I certainly have not thought a lot about. But that's something where I've seen a few people in the community saying, you know, oh no, sky's falling. Like it's we're in a much worse spot now. And you know, I didn't know if anybody had any insight or reassurance or any thoughts on that. I know uh, Chris from Sunday Slaughter's a Greyjoy player is a little disappointed with it. Um, it they didn't. I guess the the Reapers got buffed a little bit, but it, it always feels weird when other things in the game change and people get buffs and then your faction's sitting there and you didn't really get much from it um uh-huh. so like they the war cry um and then relentless and victorian stayed at three points a lot of people were pretty right. disappointed about that um and then i mean the same goes for baratheon players too the baratheon players got two nerfs and nothing else so it was it was kind of well hardened also I, I still don't think hardened affect Baratheons as much because they're putting their hardened right. in a three armor unit so it's still really good when it blocks two at last rank but it, it just it's kind of a, a feel bad when your faction doesn't get anything and when you're seeing the other ones get stuff you know um, so that it, it just I just think a lot of the changes that were made though leave an opportunity that you don't have to redesign certain things like Mance. You, you don't have to worry about that when you're trying to buff other stuff now. Um, it just creates a, a, a little bit more leeway for the next patch, which who knows when that will be. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I It's nice to go back to these smaller style patches, right? I think that you're still kind of reeling from the 2021 update that changed so many things. And it seems like this is actually moving the direction of like, that's all settling a little bit. Obviously, I still think there are things that can still be tweaked, but, uh, you know, it's maybe a good sign where we can just start, okay, we have like smaller pulls in the levers here. Now, if either of you played uh, other war games and, you know, when, when patches come out, like in, in, in your past experience with games, like how have you traditionally like kind of dealt with that? Like what's your kind of mentality when you look at a patch update? Is it stuff that angers you, depresses you? Does it make you want to sell your faction? You know, have you taken breaks from games and gone to other games and come back? Like, what's been your experience with uh, just updates in general? I can't speak to this. Uh, song's really the only game I've played um, other than video games, which can do it way easier than tabletop games. <laughs> you know, like, I play Dota 2, and it's constantly shifting meta in Dota 2. So, 
and I like it because it keeps the game fresh. But um, like you like you mentioned, people don't get a buff and they just get two nerfs. It, it it's it makes them hey I was on the verge of not wanting to play anyways. Now I just got two nerfs. Now I'm definitely not playing. But then there's the other people are like that look at the wide wide view of the whole thing and they're like okay everything else got nerfed that was causing me problems and now i should have a little bit easier of a time that's the most i can speak to it though well you got to mention video games there so uh you know simon's basically like on a yearly patch schedule here what what do you think would be like the ideal patch update for you personally for a game like this um i'll reference dota 2 again they do every six months every six months yeah that'd be awesome and just small ones doesn't have to be big ones it doesn't have to be a big patch just something to make different units rotate into play and other units rotate out of play in an ideal world you'd want everything to be able to play and competitive but that's not it that's a, that's nearly impossible so one thing's always going to be better if you have two units that serve the same role one's going to be better in a different way than the other one so um yeah i'm not i i every six months would be pretty pretty awesome it would keep people interested and I know at one point a long time ago, they were aiming for that and then COVID hit and yeah. everything just, everything in the world changed at that point. <laughs> so every six months, well, that would be kind of interesting. Even if they did like this size patch, but like halved it, even if we only got like half these changes, like small tweaks, that might be interesting. Um, yeah, I think people, like, how do you... people have really, I think all of that, that cause, that, like, that cause and effect showed that people were willing to a lot of people complain about it, but people are willing yeah. to print their cards. It's also funny, like where you go, uh, you know, depending on communities, like uh, if you go on like board game geek or things like that, it has a very different, like, why is the game changing so much vibe versus other communities? And it's like, if you're coming to the game from board games versus uh, maybe other traditional war games or even like video games, like the expectations, how much those can, can change in a line. Brad, I know you, you played uh, you've a little bit of warmer fantasy too, right? In the past. Um, you know, what's been your relationship with big updates? And, uh, you know, is there a certain mentality you come into these with? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy is, it's 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 a bigger scale game, right? So if, if something happens to a unit that you love, instead of it being like, you know, a tree of 12 guys that's, uh, you know, nicely packaged and, and perfectly set for table play, you know, it might be your unit of 50 it might be your two units of 50. So those changes definitely hit a lot harder in Warhammer. Um, and and you, you took it a little bit more personally. Um, and, and I use a generic you as like the community. Um, even in Warhammer, it was it was the same for me. You know, you get, I, I personally got, would get a little bit tired of playing the same things over and over. You're always chasing after your ultimate list, right? And that's that's the case in in any war game. You're trying to build the best combinations, the best synergies that you can, and then you play it, you play it, you play it. You think you perfect it, you tweak it, you tweak it, and then I just feel like once you've gotten to the point where you're like, this is the list, then you go and you play it, you compete with it. It just gets a little bit stale. So for me it was always welcome, you know, and, uh, as a warriors of chaos player, I don't know if there's any of you others out there, but in seventh edition, it was all about marauders. I think I'm not the only person that went from seventh to eighth edition with a hundred marauders. And it's like, well, what am I doing with these marauders now? 
and mm-hmm. and it, it, you know initially it was it's like man this really sucks like the the core of this army is gone but for me i took it i took it to heart a little bit you know i i was upset for a little while you know uh maybe a few days but then i just opened my mind and it was like well this is warriors of chaos right and then now since my core is not filled with chaos marauders i have a reason to take chaos warriors the 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 actual meant to be the core of the army and it and in the end i ended up just running you know uh, a couple units of 25 or 30 chaos warriors whatever the case was and i was i was happy in the end because it was something different it was something new to paint it was a, a new kind of synergy and a new kind of list style that worked and i think that's it's it's fair right it's fair to be upset it's fair to feel sad you know you've invested hobby time you've painted whatever the case may be, and then maybe this unit isn't what you expected it to be uh, in the patch. It's not functioning the same as it did before, but, um, you know, you can take it as an opportunity, as I've said, to try some of those other things out. Um, It's always a terrible thing when you've invested your time, but, you know, maybe even if they don't fit your style going into a new patch, the the positive thing about Simon and the way that they've done a Song of Ice and Fire, this is a joke we've made on the podcast before. If something goes on the shelf, you know, the quote unquote on the shelf, it gets it gets an adjustment. It's just not something that you want to run anymore. You never sell it, right? Because if something gets shelved for so long, it's pretty much a guarantee that Simon is going to come back, circle around, and give it a look, and then it's going to be good again. The joke is that also applied to buying the units too like remember when su- supply was so short absolutely you, even if the unit wasn't very great and you didn't think you'd play it you still bought it absolutely you weren't sure if you were going to get it again and that's this this uh reminds me this is some nostalgia here remember when sworn brothers were five points and went to seven they were six six and went to seven <laughs> yeah well that's what i meant six points and went to seven and everyone's like now i can't run my five sworn brothers i just spent i just bought two starter sets and an extra unit and now i can't run them all <laughs> and it it didn't age well and and it's kind of like it it, <laughs> it it could be a case here you know and and my my intent is never to sit and tell the community like you're wrong and here's here's the past like they're they're you're entitled to feel the way that you feel i i would just suggest that um you know if you can't get your old list to work i would just add, i would just challenge have you tried it or is this a a mental roadblock? Is this a this unit got nerfed? It's unplayable. It is that necessarily true? And and then if it is true, I would encourage you to try other things and just keep in mind that that surely that unit will get a look later, or you'll have another like meta shift that brings them into relevance. You know, um, something like hardened. When, when the meta lost so much offense is why Hardened emerged as such a powerful ability. That wasn't that wasn't because Hardened necessarily just got buffed to the moon. It was a it was a buff by other changes. And those are the types of things that we've seen with this patch. And I think some of those changes are, are coming to to be reality. They're not just a a theory. They're things that are actually happening. You know, like this thing changed, therefore even though this component or this fact, or this unit, or this attachment didn't change at all. They got better because of universal changes across the game. And it, it circles back to this ecosystem. If the things that were keeping you from, if Call Drogo's 3 plus expert duelist was keeping you from running Sir Robert Strong, now that Call Drogo expert duelist is only on a 5 plus, and it's less likely to be the penultimate counter to 
Robert Strong. Now maybe you put Robert Strong on the table and, and you benefited not because Robert Strong got changed. You benefited because something else in the environment got changed. And I think that's kind of the core to this entire patch is the changes that they picked were deliberate. And they, in my opinion, they were brilliant, smart changes that they themselves just changing will shift the entire ecosystem. The entire game is different. Even though so many things didn't change, they, they're different. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think for me, I'm always thinking about, um, I've had really tumultuous, uh, relationship with changes and I'm, I'm, this smaller updates like this, like I'm totally fine with. Man, back trying to play War Machine and Hordes, that was a game which I like was on the sort of periphery of, but trying to keep up with. And and there would be these changes where like suddenly like whole themes would like suddenly not be worth it. And I'd be like literally put in a bit and like not get to use again. And it was such a, a wild roller coaster night. And then X Wing, when it went to the big 2.0, I ended up sort of dropping off from that game. So I feel like there's always a little bit of trepidation when it comes into updates. Um, I think the 2021 was maybe the biggest one that I was like nervous about for A Song of Ice and Fire. A lot of times it's kind of like a wait and see. There are some things also that got changed, like Expert Duelist. You know, I I know it wasn't uh, necessarily like game breaking or anything like that, but it just like always felt not great. And I even before, like uh, before the previous version, I remember what was it, Nationals at before 1.4, I just remember bringing like a rattle shirt list and having him be like sniped out of the bat and being like, oh. And that's one of those ones here where now that's going to, uh, you know, plus one wound or on a five plus, a little bit of a gamble. Um, that's one of those changes where like, yeah, you know, uh, well, I'll take that. That's a, that's a nice little change. Even if it wasn't like, you know, game breaking, I'm I'm kind of happy to see it like change a little bit. Um, are there any things that change in this update that you are like, yes, thankfully, finally? Like, how about Relentless? I and mean, that's such a controversial one. Uh, I have some people that are saying they're really enjoying it now. What do you, uh, is that one that stood out to you at all? I've tried the new Relentless twice. It didn't exactly do too much. I think the one time felt weird because the, the dice were really skewed, but that's a dice game for you right there. But it, in terms of the factions, it hurt the most. It hurt Greyjoy a lot um, with Victarion. Uh-huh. And um, I thought that was fine because he was unique. Uh, but then it hurt Night's Watch a, a ton. Um, and it, I've had to adjust for sure, um, playing Night's Watch without that, and you aren't you aren't trying to get nine activations anymore because you just can't because you don't have those three point pseudo activations. But it also creates this environment of now my ten point unit dies. I still might have a chance to win the game because I have other units on the board that will let me still do stuff. You know, whereas before Sorry. as a Night's Watch player, if I lost my Ranger Hunters with a Watch Captain, I'm like, well. Um, yeah, let's go play the next game sometimes, not all the time, but depending on the time of the game, that's kind of how it felt before it, 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 it inadvertently is hurting, uh, Night's Watch as well, it, which this is good for the game. And in, in my opinion, I'm a Night's Watch player. <laughs> it, it, I'm, yeah, I do Night's Watch. I'm, just call me Jon Snow. I'm Night's Watch and Free Folk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That, that's okay. Though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately, um, you're losing that activation, but if you're not, if you're not taking that watch captain now, you're losing boldness and courage as well. So that's kind of a double effect on the Knights watch players. Um, you didn't see too much of the relentless in um, the unsullied uh, commi- uh, what unsullied sword masters off- officer. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 unsullied officer. That's what it was. You didn't see it too much because um, I think that faction just kind of lends itself uh, towards the cavalry style, and you didn't see too much infantry. 
in competitive play. Uh, you mostly saw Drogo and Dragons um, before the before the Dragons were nerfed, and that's another one. That's a nice that's a nice little buff that'll bring Dragons back, I think. But but yeah, Relentless again, healthy for the game in my opinion. It it's a buff to other factions who did not have Relentless, like Baratheons and Lannisters, um, and it's a big one in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of with Bob. I think it was a great change. In particular, it's uh it was good for Night's Watch and. Targaryens to because I, I I don't want to use the term crutch but I also don't want to not use the term crutch uh, it just felt like their list building was built was was hinged so much on relentless it was it was almost like you have to take relentless I have to take relentless I have to have it I have to push these activations out there's and it's like 10 points of your army was accounted for instantly at least 10 points and it, that's why I stopped playing them yeah, for a while it, and moving in free folk it cre- because every list I had had a watch captain in it competitively. Right. And it, it created such tunnel vision. It just, it, it narrowed your mind on what, like even Ranger trackers. I mean, they've, they've been my favorite night's watch unit for so long and they, they couldn't necessarily find their way into all of the competitive lists because they didn't work with that 10 point relentless math. And in reality, Ranger trackers are better than they were in 1.6. But now with this change to Relentless, of course, Ranger Trackers are back on the menu there that I love playing them. Uh, it's given me the opportunity to experiment with the Watch Marshal, who I always thought was fantastic. I always thought he was great. And now he's making his way into lists and there's just things that are working that, you know, arguably they could have worked before, but kind of that stubborn meta trapping mentality like you had to have it and i i think the change to relentless was i think it's a good change it's not it's being received kind of one of two ways either either people are saying this just isn't worth taking or there are people who feel like it's just crazy overpowered it's it's absolutely brutal it doesn't belong in the game things like this um i feel like it's a strong piece right um if you put Relentless in Ranger Hunters or in Sworn Brothers or in Unsullied, that's a nine-point unit. It's got to be... It's a nine-point unit that's single activation, so it has to be strong. It has to do something. I feel like there are tons of counters that exist in the game now to take that unit and and be able to, if not, you know, be able to avoid it, make it kind of a nine-point paperweight. I think there's certainly tools where you can you can kill it as well because it's it's nine points and it's... It's a single activation. And then it, you go into what's the supporting cast for this nine-point unit. And the likelihood is that the, the list is entirely built around that nine-point unit doing something. And it's it's relatively it's relatively reasonable and fair and, and easy to get that unit to not do nine-point unit stuff. <laughs> like, nine-point units have to do something. And I, I feel like there's they, they've given us tools in this in this game to make a nine point unit not do something i'd agree with that but my experience uh, other experience with relentless is the unit just being ignored which isn't a bad thing in itself sometimes um but uh it depends like if you have that that two point attachment and it requires them attacking you then sometimes they just like oh, i'm just not going to attack that unit till it's last till till the everything else is dead first so sometimes you don't even get value out of it but losing the activation was the biggest thing, in my opinion, that is healthy for the game. Well, and speaking about health of the game, we got some events coming up. Adepticon's just around the corner, 
And uh, are either of you going to be in attendance there? Yes. I actually have to room with Brett. There we go. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, so are you going to be playing? I'm hoping maybe there'll be some stream coverage. What do you think about bringing if you're playing? Uh, first off, I hear there's a pancake sor- shortage in Chicago. So Brett won't get his pancakes in the morning. But I'm... Uh, I don't know if I can reveal this. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I don't care. I, I'm um, debating between Free Folk and Night's Watch, obviously, because those are the two I own. But probably it's been a while since I've ran Night's Watch in a super competitive tournament, so most likely doing the Night's Watch route. Fantastic. Brett, how about you? Oh, I don't I don't think this comes as any surprise. Um, to my Night's Watch is my closest to being painted. I feverishly tried to get Martell's done, it just wasn't going to happen uh, for for Night's Watch. There was minimal, you know, updating and touching up to be done. They were they were pretty well all the way done. Um, I'm excited to try some some new Night's Watch stuff. Some some Night's Watch with Bolton units mixed in. Some Vanguard cavalry. They got kind of a glow up. They they look really nice. I love the models. So I've been painting my test model. I really like it. I'm I'm excited to do. The hunters and not the hunters, excuse me, the ranger tracker, ranger vanguard, ranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> the the ranger danger is 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 very much is very much a thing, um, and it's not just ranger hunters this time. I think the the ranger danger cavalry list with Benjamin Stark is a real thing. It's just very exciting for me because you know I love trackers and I bought Vanguard. It's like I think these guys are decent and maybe have a place, and now with with just that little subtle bump to the four plus defense, they're they're the anchor that I've always wanted in my cavalry unit without leaning into Bolton Flademan. I think they're perfect, and it's just so exciting. Aren't you excited for Ranger Danger, Bob? Yeah, I actually um, removed the shrink wrap on my Ranger Vanguard as soon as the patch hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. Hey, so I'm like, I should have done an unboxing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think yeah that unit. It that's that's what I'm talking about with the the patch bringing people back to the game as far as Night's Watch players because you have this new unit now that you can that you're willing to put on the table in competitive play. Now I'm sure people played it in casual environment and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. You, uh, if you're having do what you want to do to have fun with the game, obviously. But in the competitive aspect, I I did, didn't really touch them. I didn't really give them much of a chance because the seven point unit that had five armor it was tough and the outflank <laughs> the, the, oh, the outflank we haven't even talked about the outflank change that that's incredible to me i think it's awesome it changed it's already changed the way people have played the game and the games that i've played they they just have to be more careful with their deployment and what uh their movements in round one if you're waiting to bring on an outflank unit in round two it is it, definitely changed play style a lot and that's that's good for the game overall game two maybe not the people playing against it but uh they might not like it overall it's a different style and that's always nice to have different styles and options to to put your little toys on the table you know absolutely and so, uh, in a, I didn't want to throw it in the bus here, but yeah, will there be a stream at uh, Adepticon? Can people check it out on Sunday Slaughter? We hope so. Um, I'm, okay. From my understanding, the um, the we're not in the main hall for the song tournament, so we should be able. I think it's in a different building entirely, so it's different Wi-Fi. So hopefully, we can get on the Wi-Fi. Um, otherwise, the 
direct line was very expensive. Um, not in the Sunday slaughter budget. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're going to try, um, and go off the Wi-Fi while we're there and stream the top table. Hopefully it works out. Fantastic. If not, it'll be recorded and uploaded to YouTube. Um, probably when we get home because uploading those videos through hotel Wi-Fi probably work <laughs> very well. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, thanks so much for stopping by to, to talk a little bit about the update. Some of just like initial impressions. I'm looking forward to hear about how you guys do at Adepticon and then, you know, what kind of, that'd be a great chance to see, you know, how some of these changes shake out and what people are thinking about as far as list building going into that. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear how the, uh, the results go. And, uh, yeah, I know. I hope you guys, uh, keep kicking butt, taking names. You guys are both taking the black and as, as for the usual, you know, I wish you a lot of success in your future battles. We're going to get on here and get you guys talking some more about some of your secrets that you are, uh, unlocking in this update as you guys get some more and more games in. Hey, thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah. It's always good to catch up. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. All right. And in the meantime, I hope we get your miniatures on the table.